the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, February the 7th, 2024, in the year of our Lord. On February 7th, 1962, President John F. Kennedy imposed a trade embargo on Cuba. Today, in 1943, the government abruptly announced the wartime rationing of shoes made of leather. They said it would go into effect in two days. It limited customers to buying three pairs per person per year. That rationing was finally lifted in October of 1945. Today, in 1948, General Dwight D. Eisenhower resigned as U.S. Army Chief of Staff. He was succeeded by General Omar Bradley. Today, in 1984, Space Shuttle Challenger astronauts went on the first untethered untethered spacewalk. It lasted nearly six hours. I got to tell you, God did not make me to do that kind of work. I would not want to go on an untethered spacewalk and be the first to do so. But they did. Today in 1984. Today in 2009, a miles-wide section of ice in Lake Erie broke away from the Ohio shoreline. It trapped about 135 fishermen, some for as long as four hours before they could get rescued off this giant big piece of ice that was just floating out into this into the lake in Lake Erie. One guy, they got them all off there, but one guy fell into the water and then he later died of an apparent heart attack. He was panicked. It would be kind of a, I mean, People, you know, ice fishing is a big deal in the, up in that part of the country, and it gets very cold, and the ice freezes very deep, and so on. I love to fish, but I, I, uh, that would be quite the, quite the fishing trip, I'll tell you. I, I, I bet some of those guys probably at least gave it a second thought before they went out there the, the following winter. Today, in 2018, biotech billionaire Dr. Patrick Sunshan. He struck a $500 million deal to buy the Los Angeles Times, the San Diego Union-Tribune, and other publications. I was reading recently about that acquisition, and I noticed one of the newspapers, I think it's the LA Times, it was the LA Times, that was specifically being targeted. They're very upset with this with Patrick, a very successful businessman, obviously, and uh, they're very very upset with him because he's paring down. The, the newspaper is losing a ton of money, as most newspapers are nowadays, for the reasons we all know. They're not newspapers. They're just an arm of the left. But um, anyway, he's paring it down, trying to make it profitable, and there's people losing their jobs. There was people in the streets in Los Angeles just a month or so ago and they were just really upset, and they, they were saying that this man is taking away democracy, and I'm not defending him. I, I don't even know who he is. I just know a little bit about him. He's been very successful, and 
He has a doctor's degree. I don't know if he's a medical doctor or what he is, but anyway, he's bought some newspapers, and now he's trying to make them uh, financially, you know, break even at least, cash flow. And uh, the people are very upset. They say he's killing democracy and he's taking away a voice, you know, of, of reason and a voice of sanity and so on. Well, those newspapers have become what they are, and the people that took them there should bear some of the responsibility because – a true businessman is going to have to make newspapers pay or they're go- going to shut them down. And so that seems to be what they're facing in this case. We'll see how that works out. It's very interesting, at least to me it was. There's a case that was announced yesterday, the, the ruling on the case, <clears throat> on this woman, Jennifer Crumley. I don't know if you heard about that on the news or not, but... Uh, She was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter yesterday for a mass school shooting committed by her teenage son. I want to just mention this in passing, not going to get too deep into it, but it's some, excuse me, but it's something I think we should be aware of and uh, know that it's happening because it has, in, in my view at least, it has a lot of implication. So this Crumley, she's 45 years old, she was convicted uh, yesterday by a, a jury was convicted on four counts of involuntary manslaughter for her role in the November 30th, 2021 shooting in which her son, Ethan, I mentioned this event on this program. It's been three years ago now or so. He opened fire at Oxford High School, killing four of his classmates, injuring seven others. Involuntary manslaughter carries a maximum sentence of 15 years in prison. So Crumley will be uh, sentenced in April. But my point is that the prosecutors, are. here's what they argued briefly. They argued that Jennifer Crumley knew that her son, who was 15 at the time of the shooting, was struggling with alarming mental health issues. They said instead of getting him the help he needed, she and her husband James bought their son the gun used in the attack and attempted to flee when it was becoming likely they would be charged. James Crumley, who faces the same charges as his wife, is scheduled to go on trial in March. I'm sure they'll find the same outcome, I would assume, with that. Jennifer Cromley, she took the stand on behalf of herself, her own defense, last week. She said she never foresaw her son's deadly actions. She said her son did not show signs of being mentally ill or being anxious about school. She, she said he was anxious about school and his future, but he never showed any signs of mental illness or anything related to that. She said that while she and her husband bought the son the firearm, he was only allowed to use it at a shooting range with his dad. She said it was her husband's responsibility to securely store the gun and so on. My point for mentioning this, and like I said, I'm not going to get into this today, but we need to be aware of this because this this is the first time this has ever happened in the United States. So many things are happening for a first time in our culture, in our nation now. Um, politically, now on the Second Amendment, thing, I'm not. I'm not in any way sub- trying to support and say, well, they, there shouldn't be consequences. We don't have enough consequences. But when they start to shift the child's actions upon the parents legally, 
I think that should sound an alarm, and I'll tell you why. The, the state, public education particularly, but other institutions of the state, they have, in recent years, been in the process of taking away parental rights and parental authority. They've undermined it on every, in every case. I see this, potentially, as an extension of that. For example, I know when our kids were in school, and they've been out of school for a while now, our, our own children. But I remember one time, this is several years ago, I, I asked, I asked a, a teacher if I could, I said, what, what are the, the grades of one of my children? I won't say son or daughter because we have both. We have two daughters and a son. But anyway, I just wanted to know, and I happened to know the teacher. The teacher said, Gary, I, I can't give you that. I said, what? <laughs> I'm paying the bill. And um, they said, yeah, I can't give you that. I mean, this was about the time this was happening. But they said, no, it's 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 a child's right. to They they can get it, their grades, and they can tell you, but you can't. And I thought, man, is that where we are? And this was some a number of years ago. But I see this as an extension of that kind of thinking, where they will take a, a child and and indoctrinate them to the point where the child undergoes surgery because the child thinks he or she is the opposite gender or sex. They'll do that without alerting the parents. They'll they'll do other things like it was a while ago, several years ago, but a girl at Ballard High School in Seattle, they took her to get an abortion during the school day so her parents wouldn't know and brought her back to school so she could go home on her regular schedule just like she did every day, go home. She was a teenage girl. They got caught at it, fortunately. I talked about it at some length on this program back then. And and this kind of thing is happening. Parents are being pushed out of their child's life except when bills come due and in this case. I don't think they should be, I mean, I think we should be aware of this and be very, very sensitive to it. Because, again, I don't know the details of this, and and my point is not really about this case. It's about the fact that this case is rolling out the way it is. And I think we're headed for a, a time, unless we get a reset in our culture, we're headed toward a time when more and more selective responsibility is going to be placed on parents and selectively more and more access to their child is going to be taken away from parents. So if something goes wrong, we'll send mom to jail. But as long as it doesn't go wrong and Junior begins to think he's, you know, Susie and all of this, and it's happening and it is barbaric what they're doing to our children. The parents are kept out of it. We all remember in Virginia, in those school board meetings, parents who were objecting or or simply demanding to know more about their child in their public school that they pay for, we all pay for through our taxes. They were labeled as domestic terrorists. So this case, we'll see what happens with this, but it looks like she's going to be 
going to be charged with something between zero and 15 years in prison in a few days, a few weeks. Just wanted to make you aware of that. Hawaii Democrats on another issue, Hawaii Democrats, they have a bill to keep President Trump off the ballot this this year for the presidential election. It passed uh, yesterday. It seems that Democrats are getting a little worried. This Nick Sorter, he's a... um, He's an independent journalist who works for a number of conservative news organizations. And he's a good journalist, and he writes stuff, you know, he's very accurate in what he writes. And he's not well-received by the press in general. But he writes these stories, and he, he sells them. He does contract work or whatever for, like, Newsmax and, like, Fox. They buy some of his stuff, and and other news organizations that are are conservative or they lean conservative. So anyway, he was he wrote this he posted this on on uh, Twitter X um, this morning. I, I think it was. He said Hawaii Democrats' bill to keep President Trump off the ballot has passed. He said it seems Democrats are getting a little worried due to support for Trump here. Sorry, talking about here meaning Hawaii, and he said after Biden abandoned. The Maui fire victims. Well, he did, just like he did the people in Palestine, where where they had that train wreck and the spill of, of toxins and so on. He said that the, Sorter writes. He said the most corrupt government in the United States is showing its true colors again, and he said we think we think third world country or something. Uh, it's true, and it certainly reminds me of some of the experiences I've had in third world countries for sure I can tell you it is a I mean it's concerning to see the direction that we're going and the way that we're sliding down this down this hill President Trump was wasn't on the ballot on Tuesday's Republican presidential primary in Nevada he uh, but his absence wasn't enough to help secure a victory <laughs> against his last remaining opponent, Nikki Haley. Voters casting ballots in the state-run Republican nominating contest couldn't write in Trump's name, but they could vote for, quote, none of these candidates. None of these candidates was an option on the ballot. Nikki Haley thought she would probably wrap it up because she was on the ballot. Trump wasn't. Even his name wasn't on, and there was no write-in possibility. So the Republicans voted uh, in mass, of uh, none of these uh, candidates, and uh, none of these candidates won substantially. The Associated Press projected that none of these candidates' option would defeat Haley in the primary, where no delegates to this summer's Republican convention were at stake. Blah blah blah. Fox News reported on it as well. It's interesting. People are pretty revved up in the United States now about what's happening in our country. We're pretty concerned about the direction it's going. It isn't just people like myself on the radio every day talking about the issues. We do so from a biblical perspective, and I think that makes it different. It certainly makes it different to me. It's important to look at all of these things that are happening in our country through the lens of the Bible and what the Bible says and what God says and God's ways. And to the to the degree that we align ourselves with the truth, the truth of God's word, I think that 
we're going to find a sense of, of, of peace, maybe even peaceful serenity in the Lord in the perilous times in which we live. I noticed that uh, the Republican National Committee chairman, chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, she's planning to step down from her position right after the South Carolina primary and uh, later this month. New York Times, I think, was the first to announce that. Now other people are talking about it today, but they, they announced it yesterday in their newspaper. But two sources with the plans revealed that she is going to step down and do other things. Over the last few months, she has McDaniels faced criticism in her leadership of the RNC. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I mean, she's probably a nice person, but boy, her leadership has left me cold. I mean, really. Uh, I have not seen the results that somebody, somebody should be able to produce with the amount of money they've spent and the amount of money that's been available and is available to either of the major political parties. So I, I'm, I'm happy she, and I know some of you who listen to this program are big supporters of hers and you don't agree with me and that's fine, but I, I just think she needed to go probably a year ago. But uh, anyway, she's going to step aside, and I think that will be for the better. I think I I would guess that Trump might he might call for well I'm, I I was going to make a, a I'm I'm not going to do do that. I think Trump has someone in mind that he wants to replace her with, and uh, from what I've heard, so we shall see. But nonetheless, that transition is happening. Pastor Jack Hibbs, I've mentioned him before, I've quoted him because he talks about the culture. He's a pastor of a very large church. It's probably about if they have membership, and I'm not sure they have formal membership, maybe they do, but it would be about 20,000 members, I would guess, and they have over 10,000 in attendance, adults, every Sunday or every weekend at the church. It's the... um, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, California. He's on the radio, and so you probably hear him, or you may hear him, on the station you're listening to this program at the moment. Uh, He's on all over the country. And he's a guy that I've never met him, but I have a great deal of respect for him because he speaks out. He's He's not radical, but he speaks out from a biblical perspective as a pastor to his congregation. And again, I would say, I did that. We didn't have that large of a church, but it grew to several thousand, a couple thousand in attendance from a very small church of 100, 150, whatever it was. And I think if pastors would do that more, it would reach more people. And there's a real hunger to know what's going on in the culture. And I know pastors listen to this program. And pastor, let me encourage you don't get lost in la la land of politics but i'm saying from a biblical perspective address the issues people want to know what's going on and what it means and how it relates to god's word god's word doesn't relate to the culture the culture should relate to god's word and to the degree that it does we have a peaceful blessed prosperous safe liberty in the culture. And people need that. They need to hear from God's word what all this stuff means that's going on around us. That's not the theme of every sermon, but I mean, it's got to be part of the ministry of the church. And and there are people that are doing this. Hibbs is one of them. There are others like him. 
and their their congregations don't dwindle. I'm sure some people leave and say, well, I don't believe in politics in the church and so on. Well, I, I mean, they should probably find another church somewhere. That was my position as a pastor, and I had a couple that came to me, a couple of families. I mean, not many, but they said, Gary, you're, you're Pastor Gary, you're, you're addressing the issues. You know, like, we just want the Bible. We don't want to know what the issues are. We don't want politics in the church and so on. And I said, well, that's fine. And I suggested a couple of other places they could go. And they did. And they were happy, and we were friends, and things were fine. But people want to know the truth about what's going on. And the truth, the only truth that stands in the culture in which we live is God's word. It's infallible. There are no errors in the Bible. And that's what we need in these uncertain times in which we live. Well, anyway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, he preached a sermon in his church and then he wrote an article about it. And I want to just summarize that in the last moments that we have here today. He recently listed in this sermon... Five things that Christians will go to war over this year, 2024, at a sermon in his church. He explained that his message was centered on what he called the war of 2024. It emphasizes that Christians are on a mission and we're in a war. And he said, I'm not talking about bombs and guns and and missiles. He said, I'm talking about an all-out war on everything from the spiritual realm, which is invisible, but certainly to the physical world, in which things manifest. And he said, this year of 2024 will be unlike any other year previously lived in our lifetime. If you listen to this program, you know I 100% agree with that. This is going to be a monumental year in our culture. He said, first of all, he said, there's a war on truth. He said the following, uh, he said he believes that, first of all, the war will be against the truth He read from John uh, chapter 18, verse 37 and 38. That is the account of Pilate. In fact, verse 37 says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Verse 38 says, Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said to them, I find in him no fault at all. That's about the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. So he makes a point of that. He said, think about the pain behind that question. He said, think about about the confusion behind the question. He said, think about the disillusionment behind that question. When Pilate is looking at the truth and he doesn't recognize it, and he asks Jesus Christ, who is the truth, what is truth? That's the kind of a culture we live in today. Hibbs said we've got to guard our hearts that we do not become cynical or bitter, but that we continue to present the truth in a very mixed up, very confused, very upside down culture. He noted that a lot of people today are asking what is truth. He said it seems as though things have gotten worse since Pilate because people have a harder time believing the truth. He said when you tell somebody the actual truth, they don't believe it. I found this to be true. He said it's not that they're being mean about it. It's that 
Why should I believe that? Because I've heard 10 other things that contradict that. That's the culture we live in today. It's also, he said, he said the second thing that, that the war of 2024 will be centered on will be a war against the facts. He defined the facts as the reporting of what is observed, the reality. We're seeing that now with President Biden. He is now blaming Trump for the crisis at the border. No, I'm not kidding. In fact, he's being called out on it this morning by Republican leaders and saying, wait a minute, Joe, this is your crisis, not Trump's crisis. Trump had the border locked down. I'm not promoting Trump. I'm just saying Trump had the border locked down. Biden created the disaster that the world is looking on unbelievably, and terrorists are packing their bags and walking across the border. 2024 definitions are going to be a big deal, Hibbs said. He said five years ago it was words because we all used the same dictionary. He said now it's like, what does that word mean? Well, it's like, I'll use the example, gay. Gay in my lifetime meant happy. When I was a little kid, my grandma always, my mother's mother, she always said, we're having a gay old time. And I mean, that was from her culture. She meant she was happy. Words are being hijacked, the rainbow hijacked, or tried to be hijacked. He referenced how 2024 was a presidential election year, warning that if you're going to see deception fly, you're going to see it like never before in this year. He said it's going to be supersonic. He read from 1 John 4, in which Christians are told, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. He said there's going to be a a war on faith this year, unlike anything we've seen before. He said, he noted that this was not a war against all faiths, but rather against the Christian faith specifically. I agree. Your faith is the most precious thing that you own. Hibbs told his congregation, he said, when you have no faith in someone or someone greater than yourself, you lose hope, you lose direction. And that's, end of quote, that's where our world is today. But if your faith, he said, is in Jesus Christ and him alone, then you're secure. You'll do awesome in 2024. You, you will war the, with the great, in the great warfare victoriously because you know who you are and you know to whom you belong. He said there will also be a war against the church, unlike anything we've seen in recent times. He said the war against the church, he noted that the war has always been against the church, that God loves his church, we love each other, but the world is against us, and it will intensify during this period in 2024. Again, I agree. He said there's also a war against marriage, like never before. He said it doesn't take a spiritual Einstein to figure this one out, but he said it is. He said there's a war on, on marriage, the gay movement, the LGBTQ, and all of the the allies with them that are wanting to be virtuous and virtue signaling and so on. Hibbs denounced the cheapening of marriage in modern society. He said, as an example, he said the long-running reality television program Married at First Sight, he said that kind of sums up how marriage is working today. He said that marriage was one of the just a few foundational institutions created by God in all of time and eternity. 
citing the church and national Israel as two of them. That's a few things that we can expect this year. But be encouraged. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.